Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. Hey everybody, thanks for coming to Civilized Barking. Sunday, 4.05, the Arizona Cardinals, the league's only undefeated team. They come to Cleveland to play the Browns. Uh, Always was an interesting game. You know, um, Cliff Kingsbury versus Baker, Baker versus Kyler, J.J. Watt. A lot of people think these were his two final choices. Um, Each team has a guy named A.J. Green. You don't see that every day. Um, The Cardinals want to throw it. The Browns want to run it. The winds, the early forecast says 20, 22, 25 miles per hour. Does that affect the pass game? Does that affect the kicking game? You know, I don't know. I think if it's 15 to 18, no. Uh, but last year at this time, or only a little later than this, there were 35 mile an hour wins. And as we record this, we're 72 or more hours from the game. So we don't know. Um, the Browns are built to play power football. I think the Browns feel fortunate right now. Again, it's only Thursday, but coming out of Sunday's game, when Denzel Ward was hurt, when Greedy Williams was hurt, Greg Newsom was not on the trip. Jedrick Wills was not in uniform. Um, you know, my vibe is that Jack Conklin is not going to play. My vibe is that Jarvis Landry is not going to be activated. But it feels like Ward's going to play. It feels like, I guess what I'm trying to say is it feels like the Browns um, got a break injury-wise because they haven't been scrambling to add extra bodies at tackle or at corner. And they were down deep um, in both of those. And really, credit Blake Hans and James Hudson. Um, Joey Bosa had a quiet game last game. And it's certainly not... The offense, not over the course of four quarters anyway, that lost it. The Browns had a million defensive breakdowns. Um, They they didn't manage the game very well, as you know. And then they just didn't get it done on the last couple of drives uh, against a really good Chargers team. So the Browns are close. And look, I'll just say this. um, I'm going to have Nate Tice on. Uh, He does the athletic football podcast. He's a former college quarterback. He watches film all the time. His dad was Mike Tice, who coached in the league. Nate is grew up a football junkie, is a football junkie, knows the stuff inside and out, and he's going to bring a lot of insights um, on the Browns, on the division, in everything. <clears throat> so, so I'm looking forward to that. But before that, I just want to say, guys, like, you know, I'm a hard grader on the Browns because the Browns are good, and they were never going to be 16 and one, right? And the, they were never going to be great in September and October, or at least outstanding you can't win anything if you are right Uh, I feel like that as far as the game management stuff last week was an outlier you know I feel like the defense has better pieces than it had and you're not going to shut people out every week so they followed up two outstanding performances with an awful one the Browns still could have won like six things went wrong (laughs) again but my major point is it's good that we're, we're we're tough on the Browns it's good that you're nitpicking right it's good that you expect more out of the pass game, out of Odell Beckham. Um, You know, how do you put fair expectations on Miles Gary? You don't. Um, They they didn't have Clowney. 
you know, Anthony Walker first game back. Uh, JOK is another one. He, you know, he had the throat contusion. He says he's good to go. Boy, do they need him. You know, Denzel Ward says he's going to play. Boy, do they need him. So, um, you know, the safety position, I don't know what's going on, and I'm going to ask Nate Tice about that because he knows a heck of a lot more about coverages and breaking all this stuff down, how how defenses try to bait quarterbacks, how quarterbacks try to attack safeties. But I thought Ronnie Harrison was really good for the first three games, and he was awful last week. Um, John Johnson, they paid a lot of money to. Doesn't seem like he's gotten comfortable yet. And yet, I mean, is is fine. We're in mid-October. There's a long way to go, but you're playing Kyler Murray in this offense that's going to spread you out more than really any other offense in the league. And um, if the Browns are going to be leaky at the back, then the Cardinals are going to score a bunch. That's just how it's going to be. Um, from where I sit, I'm fine with 47-42. I know it gives some of you guys heart attacks. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll, we'll see that. Uh, obviously, the Browns' blueprint to win this week is what it normally is. Spread the ball around. You know, open up some running lanes. Let those guys dominate. Nick Chubb absolutely dominated the Chargers last week. Um, you know, win the time of possession. Don't turn a ball over. And, and Baker failed at the end last week um, with the coach being a part of that too. But he hasn't turned it over. So, that's that's been good. Um, the Browns have a punter problem. You know, do the Browns have a secondary problem? Well, sure. I think it's fixable. We'll see. Um, overall, I could feel good about this team. And I just, you know, I said after the game uh, when Jason and Lloyd and I were doing the podcast, like this is the first bit of adversity, um, big picture adversity that this group has taken. And, and I didn't mean to say that that one loss in early October on the road against a really good team was the sky was falling. It's just that expectations are up for a reason. Pressure's up because this team is built to win now. And they've gone about it in a very understated style, and they've won a bunch of games. And, you know, for the first time now, Stefanski's record of not losing back-to-back games is challenged by an unbeaten and super talented team coming in. But, you know, um, I don't know what's up with Wills and with Conklin. Um, I don't know how and if you fix this Mayfield-Beckham thing. You know, I don't know if Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit and John Johnson are going to be in the right place at the right time on Sunday. And we don't know if Greg Newsom's going to play, right? Uh, I don't know how um, healthy Clowney and Garrett are, quite frankly. Um, two games in five days, that weighs on things. And if you have guys get banged up again, do you miss them next week? So, like I said, I, I'm just saying that crossroads is not the word that I want to use. I just think the Browns are under a lot of pressure. I don't like the criticizing of the officials. I don't like the Instagram bullshit. I don't like the whiny stuff, right? Um, you're going to have ups and downs. You got to handle them. This is a team that last year, you know, took its lumps early in the year, despite being four and two to start because those two were really awful and everything was new and expectations were low. They rebounded. They played their best football. They found a groove. They kept finding different ways to win. I think this team is even better talent wise. There are a hundred reasons to think you grow from last year's experiences Good, bad, and indifferent. The, the chemistry is better, um, and, and and we'll see. There's a real home field advantage. They sh- they have three straight home games. The Browns have a chance, folks, to be eight and three in a few weeks. Right? Browns have a chance to go on a real run here to end Arizona's run, build some momentum, and do some things. They have the players to do it. And we'll see if they do it. So, uh, hope you're subscribing and reading to reading the Athletic. I have a piece up on Joel Batonio, uh, his hundredth start and which Joe, Joe Thomas says he thinks Joel is not just the best guard in football. He thinks Joel can be a Hall of Famer. We'll have this week in Browns up. We'll have all the game coverage. All you know that. So um, let me press the right buttons and bring in Nate Tice here uh, as we talk Baker, as we talk 
secondary and just the AFC North in general. All right, as promised to bring in our esteemed guest, he is Nate Tice. You hear him on the Athletic Football Show. Um, Nate underscore Tice on Twitter. Film guru, former college quarterback, knower of stuff. Nate, a privilege to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, yeah, film guru, I don't know, but knower of stuff, I will take that. I, I was on a different podcast and they were trying to like figure out uh he was like, What what would you call yourself? And I was like, and he was like trying to like throw these like cool names and stuff. And I'm like, Do you remember Game of Thrones? You know, the Sam character who just stays in the library and like at the end, yeah, that's me. I'm just Sam from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, so I've been wanting to do this and, and we were just joking. Like last five days ago I was in the airport and I was in the Chick-fil-A line next to your dad. <laughs> And so my two thoughts were, one, this is strange. I'm in the Chick-fil-A line next to Mike Tyson. Two, I've been meaning to call Nate and have him on the podcast talk about it was, football. So. It was a sign. It was you know, it was the universe telling you. It was yes. the universe going like, hey, I should maybe reach out. That's right. I can't stay organized on my own. So um, that, that was good. That was good. Um, awesome. I, yeah. So I want to touch on a bunch of different things here, Nate. Uh, I know you know the game real well and you see it from, from a different angle given you know your background. Um and I promise Browns fans, it's not all going to be negative, but I got to ask, how does a team get the ball back with a minute and a half left and, and only get 21 yards there? What what did you see uh, it, happening? Yeah, it, it's kind of the negatives of being in this type of offense that's boot heavy and naked heavy and and uh, play action heavy in a run game, which is good. Like, I mean, obviously it's an explosive offense and I mean, it looks great at week, weekend, week out, but when all of a sudden you have to drop back and pass over and over and over and the defense, the key is the defense knows you're dropping off back and passing and, and teeing off, whether it's a pass rush or the coverage, just knowing, Oh, we can jump this stuff. They're trying to get a first down. I think that's just what it is. It's not what the Browns are meant to do. And now you see where the limitations of, and I'm not trying to be like you said, like super negative or anything to start, but you know, you see the limitations of Baker, like that's not Baker's game. Um, and also the concepts that you run, um, I think Stefanski has done such a great job of blending offenses he's been in, but it is, you know, heavily Shanahan and Kubiak influenced. And you can see that in the passing concept. So sometimes they don't maybe have the best down the field stuff. And I, I think that's just what it is. It was like, oh, shoot, our passing game is more nickel and dimey and then shot plays out of play action. Now we have to like get 15 yard chunks just dropping back. And you see limitations in the in the pass catchers and everything. It's just it's not what they're bred to do. There's not what they're built to do. And. They just got put in a situation where they had to do it. But uh, I was a little disappointing to see the little shorter throws knowing. I think they had no timeouts going into that drive. Correct. Maybe. Yeah. And and they ch- and they, it was that it's very frustrating for any offense that does it. it ask any Vikings fan they uh, where they see Kirk Cousins get put in these situations. But that's what it felt like. It felt like a better version of that. <laughs> um, but that's kind of the world they put in. But it. But the thing is, you still put up 40-something points. You still looked fantastic on offense. There hasn't really been any defenses that have limited this offense. It's just that's what it is. When the game script's not good and you have to chuck the ball, it's not what the Browns are built to do. Yeah, you know, I'm with you, and I said this at the top, and I've written it feels like every day. Like, <laughs> folks, we're grading the Browns tough because the Browns are good. You know, yeah. and, and the next step is winning these close games and winning it. Yes. Like for Nate, I've been doing this for a long time and I've seen a lot of Browns, bad, bad Browns teams. I've seen a <laughs> lot of low expectations not be met. So you look here yeah. and you think they're all in and like let's, I want Stefanski in general. I thought he just was really poor in the fourth quarter, and that's very uncharacteristic. I feel great about Kevin Stefanski. I feel great about the offense. I feel great about the organization. 
feel like he probably failed them more than anything else in the fourth quarter last week. Is that fair? I yeah, I wouldn't say he failed them, but maybe just what they can do. Like maybe, hey, we got to get better at two minute. So and when you when when a guy, a coach, a player, a team has like that one bad moment or a bad game or bad series or whatever it may be. It's really how they bounce back, and that's and that sounds corny. That sounds like an old co- coaching adage, but really, it would be very interesting for me to see. It's like, hey, they just got kind of exposed in a situation that that they have to do. I mean, they're. I mean, if you want to be a contender, you have to win in every possible way. You're not going to blow everybody out. You're not going to score fifty a week. You're not going to. If you have a great defense, you're not going to limit the uh, the other team to seven points every week. You just have to win every type of way. But maybe this is a. a cold water on them going like oh shoot like we gotta we gotta up that yeah. we gotta figure out get get more than stick you know and stick nod and and all these simple pass concepts that are like meant to get the ball out and get seven yard gains but we need 17 yard gains 27 yard gains so maybe i wouldn't say he failed them but maybe it was a a nice slap in the face or or maybe or cold water whatever metaphor you yeah. <laughs> you want to use um that that hey maybe we got to tweak this a little bit more like as good as our run game is and our play action stuff is maybe we got to like really kind of hey we got to make this easier on baker or the offense yeah and and i think we we do that both by nature and you know in general um we we judge one moment one play for all of yeah. these guys uh but last week was start number 50 for baker in his career yes um play gm <laughs> play play team owner um are you reaching deep in your pockets for 50 more uh no <laughs> i uh I, I think this next year is gonna be very it's gonna be one of the most from a national sense too one of the most intriguing narratives what do you do with baker because i think this is what baker is i i i would be very scared to pay him and break the bank for him if you can find a way that makes sense um, yes, but then you're also limiting what else you can do on this roster. I mean, they pay, they pay a lot of money to a lot of other players on this roster. So now it's going, now, oh man, isn't it, isn't it intriguing? Like it's going to be, it's a, it's a damned if you do damned, if you don't kind of situation, but I would not be breaking the bank for Baker as much as I think Baker's not bad or anything, but he is not truly in that upper one or two tier as a quarterback, but I think he's firmly in that third tier, you know, the Kirk Cousins range, their car range. Like it's so funny how similar those guys are um, in this, in a sense, in the grand scheme of things, but it would be very hard for me to break the bank. But if you could find a way that can get him on a budget, eh, I know you won't, but if you could, that's more what you're trying to go for, but it's going to be interesting this next year and a half. I think they make him play for it in the fifth year and then, or the next year. And then, try and see what goes from there yeah, uh sure. it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating it really is yeah i mean you know they're trying to build an organization to last here right and and you yeah. have a lot of guys who really should be in in the primes of their career so maybe you can make it last but i also think if you look a little closer they're all in in this year and next right like this mm-hmm. roster has never been better i mean not not in our lifetimes <laughs> anyway <laughs> right and, and they have a little bit of cap room not a ton um, Odell 15 mil is probably coming off the books after this year, but mm-hmm. is that a fair way to look like, like the Browns by the end of 2022 had, had better win it or a lot's going to change. I think that's fair to look at it. I think it, it could be a reset. Uh, I wouldn't say a rebuild, but more of a reload and a reconfiguration of maybe what they want to do. But yeah, I think they are built in to go all in for this year. And why wouldn't you? I, I think this is <laughs> like, that's, yeah. I, I think the ability for team building as, we misconstrue where it's like, 
hey, they're all in or they're rebuilding. There's only one of two things. I think the best teams, and I think the Browns are getting there as a franchise, They give, you give yourselves opportunities to pivot, and it's easier said than done. But just having an, or paths that you can go down as a franchise. like the, What the Browns are in is a little different than what the Chiefs are in. Even like as much as I love, we all love Mahomes and how incredible Mahomes is, how are they going to pivot with this defense? You know, like that, this is what they are like as a chiefs franchise, the Browns have the ability. Like you said, they have a little bit of cap room. They have some good players throughout the litter, throughout the roster. They're finding retreads. Like they're obviously doing good things, but it's, that's what it is. It's how are they going to pivot from here? <laughs> and it, it's, it, it's, it could go in so many different directions. They can retool. Do they get Baker on a cheaper deal? Okay. OBJ is gone. Okay. Do we reconfigure? Let some of the linemen go or, or draft another one. It, it, you know, they got some guys on the cheap too, you know, like they're getting some great play guys on the cheap and ah, man, it, it's, I wish I just had a short answer for you, but I just keep kind of like talking myself in circles with this, but it's like, that's what they have to do is they have to keep drafting well. And then next year, they're going to have to figure it out because it's, I think this year and the next year they're, they're built to go all in. I mean, it's obvious when you just look at how the cap is spaced out for them, but it's, that Baker decision is going to have ramifications on everything. Obviously it's your quarterback, but it's just what else you can do with the roster. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I promised you, Nate, and I promised you, the listeners, we'd go big picture while we have Nate. But but one more here in, in the moment. Um, how yeah. do they figure things out with Odell? How, how do they use Odell? Or is Odell not a top player anymore? I think Odell's still talented. I think this kind of play action, heavy personnel is not best for his skill set. Um, I think Odell is best in an offense that's more getting the ball out and throwing the ball 40 times and, and spread. Let him work on slants. Let him do get the ball in his hands quick. Let him do work on digs, uh, stuff where he's moving as opposed to a shot play. And then it's like, oh, shoot, it's third and five. Here you go, Odell. Like, you know, at, at more in the flow of things. I think Odell, that's the uh, uh, the best way to kind of use him is in the flow of the offense as opposed to like dialing up one play for him. Um, and, but I don't think he is done, done, but he's not that elite level, but he's still a good player. And it just seems so, they just seem so disjointed when they use them. It's, it's like, okay, the route's right. And the throw misses off or, or the route's right. The throw's great. And then he drops the ball. Um, okay. The route's good. The throw's going to be about to be good. And then, oh, there's pressure and Baker's scrambling backwards to his right, always to his right. He always only scrambles to his right. (laughs) Um, but it's, I think Odell is still a good player, but is not that guy that's that's that your true X. He's more of like a, a middle-level number one receiver, but I do think he has number one talent. It's just that this offense might not be perfect for him, where I think he just has to get the ball in his hands quickly. 
Yeah, it's maddening. I mean, you see him open, and they weren't looking. It probably wasn't to him, right? You see him open, they miss yep. him. And then last week on fourth down, he's wide open, and he says he didn't see the ball. Well, hit him in the hands. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know. He, goes, if you, he, he said today, you've never seen me try to catch a ball like that. Obviously, I didn't see it. Well, you have to catch it when it hits your hands. Like, you exactly. have to. Especially if, you're only on seven tar- if you're only getting seven targets, if you're not going to be in a spread-heavy passing, chucking every down, and you get 12, 14 targets, you have to make those six, seven targets happen. It just is. That's the world he lives in. And that's what sucks is like, you're supposed to be the star. Stars don't have those moments crop up. Sure. No, <laughs> and I that's, agree. yeah. And that's, yeah, I know what he says. I don't try to catch the ball that way. It's like, well, it's fourth down. Weren't you expecting it? Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And nobody was around him either. Nobody. Anywhere. Um, I know. You know, by, by NFL standards anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he was NFL open. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 13 weeks left, Nate, but who's going to win the AFC North? Oh my God. If I, I would, I was all in on the, uh, the Ravens before the season and what I have no idea what to make of that team. Uh, I think I'm going to still go with the Ravens, but I think them, the Browns, it's, it's Ravens or the Browns. It, it just is. I think the Bengals are not the team that their record has indicated. I think they've gotten pretty lucky. <laughs> um, I think they are about to, they're have a, they play the Lions this week, but then I think it's about to uh, get a little hard on them afterwards. And I think the Steelers, as long as they have big Ben there, it's just, they're, they can have a couple games like they did last week, but it's just, it's too hard. They're, they're sledding uphill every game just with, the, with their offense. So it's going to be a battle between the Ravens and the Browns. And I think just health indicates it. Um, I would still go in with the Ravens, but I think it's, it's either it's a flip them. <laughs> I, I think both of these teams are going to go like 11 and six or 12 and five. Yeah. And then it's just going to be a slugfest. Whoever wins, whoever wins their head to head battles. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to expect that each wins on its home field, right? When, yeah. when they play each other. So, so yes. then it comes down to the other things. Um, yeah. And we'll see, you know, the Ravens have certainly been fortunate, uh, but, but in the end of the games, like you would rather give the ball to Lamar than Baker flat out. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. And that's, that's the thing is Lamar can just do Lamar things. So that's the thing is like, even though I think the Browns are a better team, it's the Ravens always have Lamar and the Ravens always just have enough on defense and enough otherwise to get it done. But it's like, it's hard to bet against Lamar. It really is, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially how he's playing right now. Yeah. So the Browns defense, um, before last week's disaster, right, they had had <laughs> two really good performances in a row. And going yeah. back to week one in Kansas City, which is obviously a very difficult environment, they weren't great. They gave up 30 points. But I thought for game one, you could see the individual pieces, right? Like Malik McDowell has been a huge, a great find, a huge yes. upgrade. They paid a lot of money for John Johnson. Um, what do you see in this defense? And um, have we seen the last of 47-42 Browns games? <laughs> well, you see almost how much Clowney is important to them uh, as a defense. I love Miles Garrett. Obviously, one of the top three or four defenders in the entire league, any position. And the thing with Miles Garrett, and I've made this joke before, is he kind of knows where he makes his money. So he's not gonna he's not keen on playing the run every time. And that's where Clowney comes in. Clowney is knifing inside, doing all the stuff he does. He goes rogue a little bit, but they have enough team speed to compensate for it. I think this Browns defense is more good. That's uh gone by, you know, gone by uh with some maybe some poorer offenses, especially that Bears game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it's I think it's their smart. They don't do anything crazy. They only run a few coverages, which is fine if you have smart players. And they do have smart players, uh, but they are built on – they have to create that pressure up front. They have to generate that because you can run on them. Even if 
going in the last, I know that's obvious to say after what the Chargers did, but even going into last week, I could, you can kind of see that where they're a little lighter, especially if you're going to play JOK, you know, in the box, they're winning with speed. But as soon as if you get any push on them, it's you really can get after them in the run game where you run at them. Uh, running more power stuff as opposed to side to side, take care, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with the Browns defense. I'm an offensive guy, so I, I always try to figure out how to beat it. <laughs> so, so I'm maybe not the best person always to go like, oh, this is this is the defense. I'm I'm talking about how you beat it, but it's this Brown defense. I just thought it was smart. They maybe at times can struggle with um, generating the plays that you need if, if if offense is taking care of the ball like we saw last week. But it's I always think that they have guys around the ball. If they're running quarters, they have two guys around the ball. I think it's more of a good defense than maybe this uh, elite tier that they've played at so far. But Clowney is just so, so, so huge for them. And and he is. And it's just more than I even I thought. I mean, obviously, we all know who Jadavian Clowney is. But even more, seeing him with Garrett and seeing them kind of take turns on guys is like, I see the vision. <laughs> I see. I see. You know, the I'm upside. glad you said that too, because yeah. I, you know, I've seen the vision. Right, you, you load up the defensive line, and those guys do those things, and JOK runs behind and cleans up plays. Right. Yep. But a part Speed. of that vision was was John Johnson being a stabilizing force back yeah. there, and he just it hasn't been. Um, why? Why is that? It's. It seems to me that he's he's maybe trying to do a little too much. Um, so if they're reckoning a quarters quarter shell. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, with two deep safeties, it seems to me sometimes he's driving on stuff or maybe he's like trying to like, he's worried about his teammate doing the right thing as well. So he's not truly playing free. It seems like maybe that he's trying to do the perfect play always, as opposed to maybe being a little aggressive or maybe making the heady play where he, he reads what the offense is doing. I think a lot of what they do on the back end is a lot of, uh, like I said before, they're not running anything crazy. It's more to make it hard on the offense, more in the more in the sense that it's like it's more annoying than like, oh, my God, they're going to disrupt everything uh, in the back end. I'm saying at front end, of course, they do that. Sure. By the back end, they're more like, hey, we're going to squeeze these spaces. So I think Johnson, and especially when he was coming from what the, the Rams were doing, similar shell and everything. But the Rams are having him drive down to the robber spot. Uh, um push over against these motions and then really come downwards. And I think right now these safeties get caught in no man's land a little bit. And, and whether it's like, ah, do I drive up and fill up the run or am I supposed to stay back and uh, deep as the deepest? I feel like that's really, I wouldn't say the issue, but maybe where they're just not playing as fast. It's almost like they're trying, they're caught half measure um, where it's like, I don't know whether to be aggressive or be safe. Um, And I think that's maybe where you're seeing maybe him not be, the, the, where he's playing to his pay, if that's yeah. the best way to put it. No, sure, and and that makes sense. Um, it's you know, it's it's a little bit maddening and, and puzzling because this is the NFL. You're going to give up touchdown passes, right? But like yeah. to lose Mike Williams twice, and, and I'm not saying it's John's fault because I know for the fact yeah. the one was Grand Delpit's fault, right? But like yes, because to lose back, yeah. Mike Williams of all people twice, like just. Meandering on downfield. <laughs> he was just taking a stroll all the way down. I know when, when uh, Herbert threw that, I was like, oh, this is probably some shot play to some like, you know, gadget receiver. And I just see big Mike Williams running by himself, just lugging it yes. down. It was like, oh, my goodness. I know. I know that. But and that one was what, what the corner didn't push back. Right. Uh, uh, he was supposed to like under he was supposed to rob it underneath. Uh, but that's that's what it is. That's kind of like a great synopsis of it is that they were like, we're keeping everything underneath. Okay, this is fine. Everything's fine underneath. But 
you letting stuff get past you. One bust, and, right. Yeah, and, or bust, or bust. And I don't know. It, it's you, you start to appreciate what really good defenses do with their players, too, mm-hmm. like the Rams defense last year, and you start seeing how fast everyone's playing. Um, and I'm not trying to knock like the Browns coaches or anything, but maybe it's one of those as they improve during the season and realizing how, what they're getting burned with because they only run a couple coverages. So once you start learning what the weaknesses of those coverages are, you can kind of start taking the next step together. Like John Johnson could be going like, hey, we did this all the time in L.A. But if everybody else goes, yeah, I wasn't in L.A. with you. <laughs> so, right. you know, then they can take the next step going from that. You, and sometimes these units that are smart like this. And if they're well coached after the bye week, you'll start seeing them you know, pick up as they clean it up. Yeah. Uh, the Browns bye week is until week 13. So. I know I was going to say, I, would, I have their schedule up right now. And that's why I was, I wasn't even going to say that, but I was like, yeah, so what might, but, and, and I'll, I'll say too, is their last like five weeks, it's Ravens, Raiders, Packers, well then Steelers, Bengals, but it's like, yeah. so maybe we, maybe we get a little bit of experiment to experimentation there. Yeah. I mean, if you don't play pass defense against the Bengals though, you're in trouble. Uh, right. We'll see. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, speaking of that, next week is Ravens-Bengals. The week after that is Browns-Steelers. We get into it. Um, There's a lot of known commodities in this division, Nate. Um, You know, what are maybe – who are maybe some of the unknown guys or or what are some of the storylines that you look forward to that really – uh, might end up deciding the AFC North or, or, you know, swing. Obviously Pittsburgh's in a little bit of transition here. Um, you know, what, what stands out when I ask you about the division in general? Stands out. Uh, well, I, I got some like favorite players in this, in this sure. division, like uh, Justin Matabuke for the Ravens. He's like this little D tackle for him. I really like him. Uh, but just what is, what's shown to me is I think this Ravens defense for the first time in a while truly looks mortal um, and not, They'd love to play man coverage, and losing Marcus Peters obviously is going to hurt that, but it just looks like they make more mistakes than what I'm used to from a Ravens defense. And even from their offense, their run game is still their run game. They got Lamar, but the Ravens' run game has kind of been disjointed. Uh, I think losing those backs, they're not getting the easy yards. Like it's blocked up for five yards, they get five yards, but they're not creating seven. Sure, Dobbins will get him eight or ten or twenty. Right, break one. Mark Ingram breaks one tackle. The guy bounces off his side and he gets twenty. Yeah, and it's just right. Up, and it just seems, you know, I love Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray's best strength is pass protection. <laughs> He's not going to be doing a lot of that in Baltimore. <laughs> right. um, Devontae Freeman, love Devontae. His his legs 
were gone two years ago, three years ago. And it's like, it looks like that. And I love Devontae. He runs hard, but it's like, these guys are not what they need to do. They need to get North and they need to burst. They need speed, vertical speed. Um, And I think that Ravens pass game, Lamar is playing phenomenal, but I just did a thread on Twitter. They're still their pass spacing and what their guys are doing. They're still making a ton of mistakes. And as I'm talking to you right now, now I'm starting to like lean more towards the Browns as my pick for the AFC North as I'm like breaking down the Ravens right now. But um, and then even on the Bengals side, uh, if we're going to a different team, I think the, the the limitations they have, they try to be an empty all the time. Joe Burrow does all he can. He's trying to get the ball out quick. And what they're trying to do is like, hey, let's make Joe Burrow super smart. Let's make it right. But now you're seeing the films out once you start hitting five week five and later all these teams have four games of film to go off of what you're doing this season and i think that's what happened to the Bengals a little bit against the packers was okay we're a little limited all this empty stuff we're getting pressured over at one out five five times we drop back like this isn't good um so you see some limitations with that i think their defense is smart but maybe not that game changery type of defense and then you know Steelers have their guys uh <laughs> Steelers Steelers are built up front just like on defense they're built on a smart defense and then just the offense I have no idea what that offense is it's it's hilarious to watch actually they they took the keys away from Big Ben and maybe that will help uh they they were doing RPOs with him and he that's why he would have like four, 48 pass attempts and it would be like for like 180 yards and you're like right. what the hell it's because he's throwing all those slants and flats and outs and now I think this last week what they improved on was they go those RPOs, we took the P out. It's run only option. I seriously think that's what they did. And it's like, I, so maybe that helps them down the road, but we'll see. They, they, you know, we'll see if that was just a one week thing. Big Ben's got big personality. (laughs) So maybe he didn't like that. I mean, he's just so old. I mean, the Browns took Kellen Winslow instead of Ben Roethlisberger. That's how long that was. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. I know. And then you see, and that's what's so funny is like, I Big Ben to me as like this pocket ancient passer is so weird because you know how he used to play. Oh, for sure. Pumping, scramble drill, like pushing guys off of him, throwing it 40 yards. It was like, and now he has to be this cerebral quarterback. And it's like, you aren't, you aren't built to do this, my friend. (laughs) Um, I know, but it's this, the AFC North is a fascinating division because it's just, even even if I have been dogging the Bengals, like they are feisty, you know, and, and even the Steelers, like I just been dogging their offense. They're still not a bad team. Like they still could easily be a wild card team if their offense just is not crap. Right. Uh, yeah, um, but it, it's a it's a fun division. It really is, and just the styles everybody plays. That's what I love to watch. Oh. I, I can only watch so many Shanahan offenses. <laughs> week in, week out, as much as I love it. I know Stefanski has it, but Bill Callahan has his fingerprints all over this offense. So it, it's, I don't know. I love watching the Browns. I love watching the Ravens. It's like two of my favorite units to watch. So I, I know I'm on a Brown show saying that right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Nate, did you know that until last year um, that Big Ben was the winningest quarterback in the new Brown Stadium? I did know that actually, but that is a great stat. Oh my god! They uh, there's some other ones like that. Like I feel like the Lions have to have a few of those to them too. Probably at four. At yeah. Four. Even mean, my dad. A- my dad was a 500 coach. He went eight uh, eight zero against the Lions in his four years. So. <laughs> Never lost at Ford Field, baby. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll, we'll get you out of here on this. Um, you know, you said like the Browns. Pri- 
can win 11, 12, uh, you know, other than health, right. And, and, and this run game, which is just a treat to watch. It is. You know, what is the Browns path to winning that 11, 12, to winning the division and, and then being a real threat? Um, because if they can win the division, they can host in January with Nick Chubb yeah. and Kareem Hunt. Right. So what, what has to happen for the Browns to get there? I think just a little more dy- dynamic uh, play out of their back end on defense. I think that's more than one or, or the first thing more than anything. I think their offense, even with Baker's limitations and maybe the pass game limitations, it's still an awesome offense. Like that run game is can run on anybody. Like they, they can truly be a plus against anybody. So, um, which is huge. Like you said, you get into cold weather that matters. <laughs> like you, if no one's not a lot of people are going to want to tackle Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt at, with five minutes to go in the game. Oh my God, this is the 44th time they've run the ball. Oh God, <laughs> you know, in January, like that's an advantage they have. But I think a little more keep tweaking what this defense is and figure out what your guys are. I know that was a big thing going into this year was like, I know they wanted to run dime a lot and things like that and being lighter bodied, um, but figuring it all out, just figuring out how these pieces play. JOK looks like the real deal. Um, he's, he doesn't have the size, of course, but he's a useful player as a rookie. That is awesome. So I think that's the number one thing is just figuring out what those back seven guys do. And then as far as the offense, yeah, like we started the show with, figure out a little bit more drop back stuff just so you don't get caught in a situation like you did last week in a game you could have won. Um, I just think keep evolving, getting OBJ figured out. I don't know if they can. It's already been a couple of years now, but who knows? Um, and then, you know, Jarvis Landry's coming back and Jarvis has his limitations, but he's still a useful player like that helps. I think just keep doing what they're doing in the run game and just start figuring out they're doing a little bit different formationally. It looks like um, from their heavy set run game, just from the naked eye. So what's the next step off of that? What's the passing game? If you're going to be in 12 and 13 personnel, you can't just do run and play action off it. Are you going to start doing what the Raiders were beginning, uh, how they did at the beginning of the season, going all these tight ends and heavy personnel and then drop back passing out of it and creating all these advantages in the pass game um, out of base personnel. I think that's the next step for them to be like a truly, truly dynamic team. But really, this is a very, very good football team. Yeah, I mean, we saw last week for the first time, really, what they hoped David Njoku would eventually become. Right. Yes. Like this dude is yes. big and fast and he's been inconsistent as hell. And there's been a million reasons he's been benched by three different coaching staffs. <laughs> right. But like there aren't many guys that catch that pass and turn and run the way that he does. Like they're just aren't. correct. Yeah. It's so. creating explosive. It's creating an explosive play. That's that. That's all that pass game is. And if you have a tight end that can create an explosive play, like oh, oh, actually, David Njoku, I, I, and I'm not sure. I, it's not like I've studied him this season, but I, I will get put a feather in his cap from last season. Was I think he did buy into blocking, and and I, I don't know if it was inconsistent. Maybe it was just the two games that I watched him in that. But I do think that like he truly bought into going like. Maybe I'm not the stud receiver, tight end that I thought I was entering the league. How do I get better? And I think they've got some buy-in from him to actually be a true tight end as opposed to just a catching only one. Is he great? Is he a perfect Y tight end? No, but it helps the offense so much. So I, I props to him, I guess, like figuring that out. But yeah, but they they need him. They need they need guys like that to just get that little uptick and, and be something. And I think that that helps everybody. I mean, that's an obvious answer, but <laughs> especially for them. Right. I agree, Nate. Uh, good stuff. Let's do this again in December when we got more uh, film and more evidence. Appreciate it very much. He's Nate Tice, uh, the athletic football show coming at you guys all the time. Nate underscore Tice on Twitter. Thank you guys for listening to Civilized Barking. The game is Sunday at 4.05. The undefeated Cardinals rolling into town. So we'll have our normal post-game podcast after that. 
As for next week with the short week and the Thursday game, Denver coming to town, I don't know. But uh, we, we know you guys are hanging around in the comment sections, on Twitter, listening to this, sharing this. We appreciate all that. And we will talk to you after the game Sunday. Thank you for listening to Civilized Learning.